Okay, so welcome to our first ever Mark Prof Presents podcast where we'll be inviting different Mark Prof alumni to talk about their careers, share their personal learnings and experiences, and offer tips and other things that we can ponder on. For those of you who don't know, Mark Prof is the longest running free eight-day marketing training program for graduating students nationwide. And each year, close to a thousand graduating student leaders from different colleges and universities nationwide apply for one of only 25 slots. And these 25 represent the most promising graduating college students who are interested in pursuing a career in marketing and sales. And after a long and stringent screening process of business simulations, interviews, case studies, uh, these lucky few are offered an exceptional means for jumpstarting their careers via uh, a prestigious marketing leadership bootcamp pioneered by Ding Salvador, Josiah Goh, and of course, our mother, Chiki Escariel Goh, uh, way, way back in 2004. In 2020, we concluded our first ever digital bootcamp to adjust to the demand of the times. Currently strong with 17 batches, we are more than 400 alumni. And today, we are happy to be enjoined by one of our alumni from Batch 4, Mage. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Good evening, everyone. So it's good afternoon from where I am. And welcome, I guess, to the first episode of Mark Presents. And thank you for having me um, in this pilot episode. So I'm pressure for sure. <laughs> but I, I look forward to um, engaging everyone as much as we can and answer all the questions um, you guys have for me. So before we, we begin with your, your personal experience and how you got there, can you share with us uh, some moments or memories from your experience with Mark Prof? Mark Prof really propelled my career in marketing. So just a quick background. I studied in the University of the Philippines and I was taking BA communication research. So that was a degree under the College of Mass Communication. And I don't really have um, a business background or a marketing background for that matter. Or my degree was mainly for communication, or about um, communication statistics and all these kind of things. And I knew that I wanted to pursue a career in marketing because I am very much into um, trying to understand the consumer psyche and also I'm very much um, attracted to advertising in that sense or how the communication behind advertising is developed and also design, like packaging and all things. So I, I knew I wanted to be in marketing and I tried to look for an opportunity for me to say, okay, how can I land in a work such as marketing, given the background that I have, or given the degree that we taking? Knowing that time that there was a lot of management training programs, I'm not sure if it is still the case now. Many companies, they have the management training program as an avenue to recruit students that will ideally become junior managers or senior managers or like be a succession um, management for, for the company. I understand that most of them go through either marketing, sales, finance, supply chain. That's the way I see like, okay, that's a way for me to get in. So I need to be a management trainee. And I try to plan ahead and see, okay, what are the contests or competitions in UP that I can join to, to put in my CV and make my profile attractive for future employers. The very first thing that I, I noticed was the poster of Mark Prof in the College of Administration because I was there for quite a while because... I was part of um, ISAC, and also I was taking marketing classes for me to have the basics of marketing. So I took 15 units of marketing mm -hmm. um, under the College of Administration, and it, was, um, it gave me a whole great deal of knowledge. And I joined MarkProf. I, I just applied and tried my luck. So funny, funny enough is, um, the night before our application, I was out drinking with my friends. Nice. So I wasn't sure if, you know, what kind of what kind of it was all I know was I need to be there at a certain time and there was a screening so in my head maybe it was an exam you know just some diagnostics usual so I was hung over literally because <laughs> I was partying the night before drinking in friends and then I went to Hope Christian or Grace Christian school and then I was just like wearing flip-flops jeans <laughs> that was torn <laughs> you know, because it was so that day. Like, I was just really wearing a t-shirt. And, and the moment I got there and I got off the taxi, I saw everyone was like, ooh, in business attire. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. oh no, I think, I don't think I'm going to make this. I didn't realize I have to 
dress up in business casual or in a smart in a smart casual attire or in a smart business attire. And then I said, shit. Then orientation, they were explaining what to do. So we had the test and then we had some group dynamics. I, I look like trash, literally like usual, not trash, but usual, you know, like typical probably UP student you'll see in a regular flip-flops mm-hmm. <laughs> or in a shorts. <laughs> so I was like, and then everyone in my group is like, Laging nakaporma. So, parang, yeah. shit. Dajahe. <laughs> um, so, after that, I wasn't expecting to hear from Mark Wolf. In fact, um, I was actually pleasantly surprised to receive an email that I got shortlisted to the next round and was invited. So, by that time, I said, okay, God gave me a second chance. Mark Wolf gave me a second chance regardless of how I appeared that day. I really prepared this time. So, this time around, I went there. I trust really more smart casual a little bit more business looking and then I really gave it my best and I said this is my entry to the corporate world of marketing and I want to make sure that I get into it because it promises that it promises that it gives you an opportunity to learn about sales and marketing outside from the usual classroom learning and gave you the it will give you the opportunity to to meet people and to make network and that's what I wanted and that was my goal in making sure that I land into a marketing job Mm-hmm. So I made it through, I was part of the 27, I think we started 27. And then I met a lot of people from different schools. So we were from different backgrounds. There were some from engineering, there were some from mostly are from business and management, the usual. Um, someone's from finance, some, someone's from psychology background, and I'm probably the only one with a communication background. It was a lot of great deal in terms of learning because we met VPs or directors that you don't normally actually meet at that, you know, when you're in school, when you're a student. It was a great learning experience in such a way that you also learn how to ask smart questions, 4.0 questions. Yes, exactly. Very elusive. Yeah, very elusive. And also, you learn how to be competitive but not in an offensive manner. That's how I would say it. Because in a way, you want to make sure that your batch also is the best batch that the Mark Group produced. And you want to make sure that no one gets left behind. Mm-hmm. So you need to help together, I mean, help each other and make sure everyone grows with you. In our batch, we were very much mindful about making sure everyone goes through and, and make sure that at the end of the third Saturday, everyone you know, is still intact. And, and build friendship around Mark Prof and not only within your batch but also with, with other batches because again it's also a networking kind of community and you meet people from different batches and that helps you also to grow as a as a as a person and also as a marketeer. And um luckily from Mark Prof that kick off my career in marketing because it also allowed me to join other competitions and the bits that I or the things that I learned in MarkProf was applied to many of the competitions. Mm-hmm. So after MarkProf, I I got an internship in Unilever as part of the Unilever Summer Internship Program. So by the way, just a note, I was a junior when I joined MarkProf. Everyone right. the requirement was actually a senior. Senior. But I was a junior at the time. Yeah. <laughs> I guess they didn't see that <laughs> through as a junior so um, everyone was a senior so I that's why I was um, part of the Unilever internship program and then after that I joined the Shell Gurami business challenge it was a business competition where they select only seven students from the Philippines to send to Malaysia what the only one who's not in a business background again and made it through and I also joined L'Oreal Brandstorm which led me to having my first work um, in L'Oreal as a management trainee. Mm-hmm. And all of these things in marketing, I would say, had, have not been for Mark Prof. I would have not been able to do so. Right. So Mark Prof really um, kick-started my career marketing and also even propelled it further. So that's my experience in Mark Prof. And I think it's something that I definitely am happy that, and that I decided to join. And I'm happy that I was able to be part of I think MarkProf is a very good um, organization for, for aspiring young marketeers or even salespeople to really get your 
keep running and to make sure that you get to the job that you wanted. What's beautiful also about Mark Brook, even after you're, you, you were part of the alumni, is you continue to support and to help people who are really more in need. And the mm-hmm. point of Mark Brook, even after or at the time, was, it's a restroom equalizer. That's the, the key right. differentiator. Of, of the organization and it gives opportunities for people who are not necessarily coming from the usual top three schools like UP LaSalle and Ateneo and mm-hmm. you, 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 you become part of that and when you see people who are really worthy to be invest, to, to invest behind to succeed also in life or more who are also hungrier to succeed in life and you see them grow and succeed you're part of their journey mm-hmm. and, and it's a great fulfillment uh, it's a great sense of fulfillment so yeah Nice. That's a, it's quite long, you know, for the no. first question. <laughs> but yeah. And thank you, Mark Pro. Like I have not said it for a couple of times or even before. I'm saying it now. Thank you, Mark Pro. Thank you, Jodine <laughs> and Cheeky for, for believing in me, <laughs> for, seeing, um, for seeing something in me and, and during that um, crazy first um, uh, screening. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, did that pay off, didn't it? <laughs> I think I think every applicant had had to describe their first screening as something crazy, right? I think it's also um, normal. Iba probably in shorts. I had batchmates who applied in shorts. Iba obviously they're also hungover. So we were college students and we were having the time of our lives, right? Amazing. Well, speaking of coming a long way, quote unquote, you're actually joining us today from. Stockholm in Sweden. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's right. Right. So we're actually we're we're very grateful for 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 you being here despite what is it? It's a 7 hour time difference? Yes, it's a 7 hour difference. In fact, I'm is grateful because you guys are considerate of my time because you guys are 7 hours ahead of me. Right. Cuz <laughs> right now it's it's 12:15. Uh what time is it in in um it's around you are? 5. 5, 5, 5 and what does that mean um, I can speak a little Swedish. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe that's the first thing that you have to learn right the beauty about Sweden, everyone speaks really good English. So it's not really a barrier, I would say. So hi, I'm from Stockholm. So it's winter here now. It's actually, oh. um, we so have a very snowing? short, it was snowing for the past couple of days and weeks. Um, we have shorter daylight mm-hmm. during winter. So can you share with us, Mage, what, what led you there? Like why yeah. Stockholm and how did you get there? Good question. <laughs> um, I was a senior manager in Coca-Cola at the time. And then even before, I knew my path would definitely wanted to go outside the Philippines. Like I wanted to experience working outside the Philippines. A lot of my peers and the friends that I know are working in Singapore or in Hong Kong. You know, this is like, especially marketing, there's a lot of clamor to go outside and have a regional facility. I did have a regional responsibility with Hershey's, but the headquarters of the region was in the Philippines. So I did manage, <laughs> I did have a regional responsibility, but I was in the Philippines. So good enough. I mean, actually, it's very, very good. I, I liked it. I liked my experience in Hershey's. I liked the company. I liked the products. And then, of course, Coca-Cola came. Who wouldn't say no to Coca-Cola if they get to recruit you, right? So mm-hmm. I went to Coca-Cola. Um, and then I, that hunger to still, that, that want to go out, and experience it, experience working outside the country and be more independent, I would say. So it's both for professional and personal growth. That's what I was looking for. And I did say to Coca-Cola that I wanted to be relocated or wanted to have an overseas assignment. And they were pretty much aware of that from the very beginning when I was when they were interviewing me. And I was actively looking, I would say, for opportunities. I was looking for um, Singapore, Hong Kong, which is the usual, right? Mm-hmm. So our friends who are based there. One came to close was in Australia. So it was supposed to be Australia with um, another confectionery company. So I wouldn't say the name. 
and they were looking for an innovations person to manage the region. So right, sort of right fit, right? They had, mm-hmm. I had the Hershey experience. And then for the region, I also had my innovation experience back in my previous work in Del Monte. And I think oh, I'll probably get this work. And then it didn't turn out well. They hired someone from internally. Mm-hmm. And so I was still like, okay, still go on and looking for opportunities. And then suddenly in LinkedIn, a company messaged me. And then they said, we, we found your profile. We, we are very interested in you. We wanted to explore you for your global position here based in Stockholm. And I said, of course, is this for real? Like, <laughs> yeah. It's very random, right? I mean, who, yes, you get emails from in LinkedIn, but not this kind of opportunity. At first, it's legit, but I know the company. I've heard of them because um, they are in the cosmetics business. I heard of them when I was working in L'Oreal because L'Oreal wanted to acquire this company before to expand their mm-hmm. business in direct selling. So this is a direct selling business. Um, it's not Avon because Avon is huge in the Philippines. Um, the company is Oriflame Cosmetics. And I said, quite legit because I know this company. And then I went to the background of the person who sent me an email. Because my... Better safe than sorry. <laughs> exactly. And rather than waste my time, so why not? So I replied and saying, of course, why not? So um, I sent my CV. There were four Skype interviews in different occasions. So I have to, we have, you know, like you and I now, we have to find a common time what suits better. Of course, I wouldn't do my interview during work hours. So I always have to say either it's early in the morning in the Philippines or after work hours for me while I was still being employed by Coca-Cola, just to be professional about that. They gave me a case to work on and for like just for three days and I have to turn over some presentation for them. They invited me to fly to Sweden for a face-to-face interview around December. timing because I remember December week one was a gig day. So that was a holiday in BGC and the office of Coca-Cola was in BGC. <laughs> so the time because they asked me to fly in during that week and Friday was holiday. So I arrived in Stockholm Friday morning and that's when I have to go to an interview. So basically, I didn't really have, I mean, the only rest I had was in the plane. In the plane, yeah. right. So I was in the plane and then I went to check into the hotel very quickly to change to, you know, an interview attire. Mm-hmm. And review my presentation. So it was a whole day presentation, a whole day interview from different VPs. And, all. and then after that, they told me um, to stay in. So I was really scheduled to stay in. Of course, I was already there. Why not? You know, experience the city. It's free. It was a free travel. So why not? <laughs> so, and then they said, go around the city, see if you like this city and if you can imagine yourself living in, in the city just to experience it. It was a beautiful city. It's beautiful. It was December. In fact, December is actually the darkest period of Stockholm, meaning it's the shortest daylight that we receive. So normally the sun would go up around 10 and then sunset at around 2 or 2.30. So that's very quick. Really short. Yeah, really, really short. But it was very beautiful still, regardless. Mm -hmm. And then after a week or two weeks after, they offered me the position. So they said, okay. We wanted to offer the position of um, a global marketing here in our head office. Um, and then let us know. So we discussed about the package, blah, 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 things that I requested. And it's more like it's too good to not it of an opportunity. You know, it's like I said, I said to myself, I was just for opportunities within the region, which is Singapore and Hong Kong. And yet, this opportunity came for me to go to Europe and have a global position. And, you know, it's sort of like it felt it was destiny. And mm-hmm. it's more like it's meant to be. And I told myself, if I'm not going to do this now, when? And I'm not yeah. sure when opportunities like this knocks again on your door. Mm-hmm. And even if I really, really enjoyed and loved my time in Coca-Cola and I loved the company, I, I, I think I couldn't let this kind of opportunity pass. It was a hard decision because I, I really wanted to stay also in Coca-Cola. And when I talked to our marketing director, um, he was Austrian, and I said, I was transparent, and I said I received an opportunity and to be based in Sweden. Of course, he, he said he, wasn't, he was sad if I'm going to go, but he mm. tried to find a position for me in Thailand or in Singapore and mm. all that. And then finally, they have something for me in Thailand, 
but I have to ask him as a person, as a, you know, as a mentor, what do you think? Like, if you were in my position, which one would you take? Not as a, not as my marketing director, but as as my mentor that will help me propel my career in marketing. So he did say putting his hat as a mentor, um, not as a Coca Cola mentor, but as a personal mentor, and saying that. Um, he sees that it's a good opportunity to be exposing global and especially for Filipinos and with our passport, it's not very easy to have opportunities and have a company invest in you and mm-hmm. they fly you all the way from the East and then set you up for, for living here in, in Europe. Yep. And grab the opportunity, try to learn from it. And then if you decide to come back to Wokola, the doors are always open. And then, yeah, so I, I resigned and then all the documents and then I flew here in Stockholm February of 23 yeah my first day was February 23 so everything was happening so fast so I had mm-hmm. to schedule uh, meetings with friends because I resigned January 22 in Coca-Cola and then I have one month and I have to prepare everything I have to um, dispose some of the things right. organize some packings and meet some friends and and documentation for the visa, everything happened so quickly. And then my last day was 22 of February in Coca-Cola. That night was my flight to Stockholm. Wow. And then I arrived in Stockholm wow. February 23. Yeah. And then here I am. <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was working with Oriflame Cosmetics um, for two years. So I'm now 33 years here in Sweden, in Stockholm. I flew here February of 2018. So I'm turning three years this next month, February 2021. And um, I just finished my two years with um, Oriflame Cosmetics. And I'm now part of the Unilever Life Essentials business here in, in Sweden. Mm-hmm. And I work now for the Blue Air brand, which is a, a makers, the makers and purse of premium air purifiers. Okay. And I handle the, the brand and communication for, for this brand. So far, life has been good. And so far, the career was fulfilling. And I say that um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be experiencing it. Wow, congratulations. Yeah, it's quite <laughs> yeah. a long journey, I would say, oh, but it was yeah. worth it. <laughs> I mean, it's just so random. Yeah. It's so random. You know, like I, I didn't imagine like how can someone from Stockholm, Sweden, message in LinkedIn and just say, "Hey, we found your profile." That's so. Yeah. It's so surreal. It's like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's weird yeah. in a good way. <laughs> My initial thought would be illegal recruiter, but. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. I know. Amazing. I Amazing. Scammer pala, no? So, so how's, how's life in Stockholm? Like, if you could compare maybe life there and here, and then mm-hmm. life before the pandemic and during. Okay, so let's dissect that first. So life <laughs> meaning work life or I mean, up to living you. Up life? To you. Yeah, like living. Let's go first on your first point. I would answer that by saying what are the things the things that I like here a lot in Stockholm. First, there's a, a great sense of equality, meaning everyone is treated equal regardless of your gender, your age, your culture, um, your religion. Everyone is welcome here. If you, are, you have the right to be here, then you're very much welcome to enjoy your life and enjoy the benefits of, as a resident of the country. Mm-hmm. Second, it's... It's very clean. It's very safe. Mm-hmm. There's no traffic. They, they, they really make sure that the people have a really good living quality standards. The taxes are high, mm-hmm. but the good thing is you know where your money goes. Right. How is it? So 40%? You, something like that. It depends yeah. on how much you're earning. So mm-hmm. it's, it ranges from 38 to, say, as much as 50. Wow. So it's high. However, you know where your money is going and you see where it's going. You experience it because healthcare is free. Mm-hmm. Education free. is free. Mm-hmm. It's, the public transportation is amazing. The city is always clean. It's safe. I don't know. It's like 
I think the quality of life here is very, very good. And if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken, it's within the top 10 of the best quality of life in yeah. the world. I think at that point, it's big number one. I think uh, perhaps or so maybe ago. exactly. So that was good. It's good. So comparing to the Philippines, for sure, one thing that I definitely, I would say one thing I would miss in, in my way of answering the question in comparison to the Philippines mm-hmm. is definitely the weather. So I miss the more light, more sunshine. I also miss really good quality seafood because I grew up in the south of the Philippines. I grew up in Zamboanga City. It's in the peninsula and we have really great seafood there. So here, you'll get magsasawa ka sa salmon. Because like they just, yeah. Exactly. Wala sila ibang isda dito. Honey salmon, ton tonfish or what we call it tonfish crayfish that's it and all of the good ones na mismo like bangus syempre walang bangus dito walang aliman or pusit you know those kind of things yun na kami sa manila cuz you have that kind of variety of seafood and you know that they're fresh and good yeah so that's a thing that i also miss also thirdly i miss the beaches so the beautiful mm-hmm. sunsets in the beach the white sand of beach of course and the value for money in the Philippines is really good. And that's what I also mean. Because here, you have to be very wise in spending. It doesn't mean that you earn a lot. You can just go splurge and, you know, because it's also expensive to live here. Mm-hmm. I remember in Manila, I used to get my massage a week. I just had one massage a year here because it's just so painful to pay mm-hmm. for a massage. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of thing, right? Good thing I don't have a hair. Imagine if I do have, have to do a haircut. It's hard to do haircuts here. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So those are, those are the comparison in terms of living. Now, work, life. This, I would say, I'm very um, happy to be working here. There's a strong sense of work-life balance, meaning a lot of people observe by 5 p.m. It's end of day for work. Everyone's going to their homes, to their families. And family is always a priority here by the company. So mm-hmm. if you say that your family, your, your son is sick, you have to pick up from the school, no questions asked. Even, in fact, you don't even have to say why you have to leave the company for family. You just have to go. There's a lot of vacation days. So I have 30 holidays in wow. a year. Wow. That's on top of the public holidays that we have. Uh-huh. And that's just give you an idea that why people like working here because the company provides a lot of vacation. Even, in fact, the government mandates that the company should provide this number of days. Yeah. Also, if you take a holiday here, you're even paid more. Mm. So, so your daily wage is multiplied by a certain percentage. So you uh, get to paid more by going on a holiday. So you should really take a holiday. I'm, I'm now Googling uh, <laughs> job, job positions in Sweden. <laughs> I thought so. I was about to say that. <laughs> Yeah. But how's the pandemic though? Like, how has it affected life there? Uh-huh. Uh, this is another controversial question. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've heard stories, but, you know, I, I, yeah. I'm going to... Because I think in the beginning of the pandemic or even in the mid of the pandemic, Sweden has always been highlighted as one of these um, isolated cases. If I'm not mistaken, we're one of the few or maybe only country that didn't really go through a lockdown. Yeah. There was no lockdown. There were some restrictions, I would say, not tight and strict restrictions. Right. I, I, I will explain why it is the way it is. Firstly, in Sweden, they believe that you cannot force the people to do what they don't want. So it's a basic human right not to enforce, enforce them to be on lockdown if they don't want to be. And that's why it's difficult for the government to put that because it's, it's a basic human right um, for them. Um, second, social distancing here is quite natural, even if without the pandemic. Mm-hmm. They, as some of the foreigners would describe it, Swedes are a bit cold. Cold in a sense that they're not much into small talks like mm-hmm. the other Europeans or our other friends in America or in Canada. So they don't randomly talk to people in the street. They don't make um, talk to strangers. They observe this distance right. when you're queuing mm-hmm. naturally. 
um, even when you take the public transport in train in the subway, halimbawa may apat na seats, magkatapat, dalawa, dalawa. Pag may isa nang nakaupot sun sa apat, walang ibang upo doon. Mm. They would rather see to another right. <laughs> empty block. So mm. really naturally distant to each other. Right. So personal space is a really big yeah, thing. Yes, personal yeah. space is a big thing. So that's right. Um, third, the, I think the ratio of the ratio of person to accommodation is almost one is to one. Mm-hmm. It's not like a cramped living space. Um, it's not very common for people to be living um, with their parents or you know with the entire clan in that matter. Um, one apartment almost probably is one person, or if you're a partner, so one is to two, something like that. The contamination or the spread is very restricted in that sense. Mm-hmm. So those are the, the three reasons I find why, which I think why Sweden didn't really enforce so much strict lockdowns or restrictions. But there are restrictions. Say, for example, they give you guidance and guidelines on to avoid um, the spread. So first, definitely like wash your hands, um, avoid hugging or shake, shaking the hands of the person that you meet, observe, obviously observe um, a certain distance when talking, as much as possible, not, if you don't have to travel overseas, don't travel. Mm-hmm. No need to travel. Um, there are companies who have enforced work from home. Mm-hmm. My company is one of those. So because it's under the Unilever company, Unilever enforces a very strict restrictions about corona. Mm-hmm. And we were forced to, to work from home unless, unless it's a critical business need mm-hmm. that we have to be in the office. Gyms were closed for a certain period, but... It was not through the discussion of the, of the government, but it was a discussion of the, the owners of the gym to close mm-hmm. up down for a bit. Public transport um, was advised not to take it if not necessary, if as much as you can take your bicycles because it's a, there's, um, there's, there are bicycle lanes here. You can take um, the, the scooters. We have electronic scooters here that you can just rent and then you can go or you can even walk. That's the beauty of Stockholm. It's a, it's a walkable city. Walkable. So within the city center, you can actually walk from point A to point B. Um, so, so yeah, there are some restrictions in force, but not, I would say, not as strong as any other countries. What about mask? I know it's some, yeah. some places so required. It's not, it's not enforced It's not required. Here. Okay. It's not required. Before it wasn't required, they don't believe that there is a strong scientific evidence that masks um, prevent. So it's quite controversial. It's a quite mm-hmm. controversial topic that they don't, there's no, they don't believe there's strong scientific evidence that masks can prevent or um, can prevent the spread or can lessen the spread. So in that matter. But now they are sort of requiring in the subway, in the train. But it's not mandatory. Right. They just strongly advise to wear masks, but they're not saying they should. Unlike before, they're saying they're not even, yeah, they're saying you don't have to, they're not even, or not even mentioning it at all. Mm-hmm. But for example, in our office, we, we need to wear a mask if we go into the office, if we need to be in the office. So that's a requirement. So I guess it's, um, it's a case-to-case basis here, depending on the company. So I'm just curious, have you seen how we look like here? Interesting. So, in the Philippines, yeah. I know how it was because <laughs> I was always in touch with some of my friends. There's a lot of acronyms already that I cannot even follow. <laughs> GCQ, MCQ, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's EGCQ, also, I don't know. <laughs> it, it sounds good that you're, you're given these options, not just because um, in respect to your preferences, but also dun sa fact na the country is this way already, even prior to the pandemic, which makes things you know, not hard exactly. for you to follow. Sorry, just to put another, make, some, make a strong point here. I want to put into context that the way Sweden is during the pandemic was because it is Sweden, as you mentioned, as I raised before. There are a lot of, not history, but literally natural for Sweden to do. That's why it allows for that kind of sale to be enforced during the pandemic. I don't think the lifestyle or this kind of guidelines and restrictions is applicable to any other country except mm-hmm. within Scandinavia because they say yeah. in the same culture like 
yeah. Norway, um, Denmark, Denmark, or Finland, or yeah. so that's 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 a that's a one strong point that I want to say because maybe some people who are listening to us and saying, oh, you know, you're, you're lucky there and all because that and that. I mean, y- yes, only because it is the way it is in terms of culture for for Sweden, um, but it doesn't mean that. Sweden did not suffer with deaths nor cases. The, the cases continue to rise. The country has experienced much more deaths than its neighboring Scandinavian trees. Yep. So I'm not saying that Sweden has done the right thing or has done the thing. Again, it's you know? very controversial, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just trying to clear it. <laughs> I get it. Because I've read like stuff about it, but you know, coming straight from you personal experience is, is, is a better explanation. So. Ako, I definitely prefer not feeling the breath of the person behind me when I'm in line. So I'm gonna enjoy that <laughs> culture so much. For sure. Agreed. But, <laughs> ah, sorry. And then one more thing I would say about Sweden. There's a strong trust between the government and the people. So I think that's important. And I think that's why it somehow managed to control the spread because the government trusts the people and the mm. people trust the government. It was a very strong mutual trust to the point that I tell you that if I order for a home test of Corona, no one sings to my door and does it for me. Unlike I see in the Philippines where someone really administers the test here, they trust that you, you will do the proper swabbing. Mm-hmm. So I did the home test on my by own. Yourself. So sw- wow. By myself. So I swabbed my nose. I swabbed my throat by myself. <laughs> so that's how confident that the people will follow the instructions. Because there, there is a step-by-step instructions on how to do it. So you can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. You trust that the people are not going to fake the results because who wants to fake results anyway? Right. And the tests here are free. So you can order anytime. As long as you feel like there's a symptom, you can just call and then the test will arrive to your home. Mm-hmm. And it's free mm-hmm. of charge. It goes both ways, right? Yeah. 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 Perfect. Yeah. So, the holidays are already over, but we'd love to know, how did you celebrate even with your family away? This is probably one, I think this is the first time I've celebrated Christmas and New Year not with my family. But I would say not with my nuclear immediate family. You know, my mom and my sisters. You know. I was actually supposed to fly my family lives in different countries. So I have a sister mm. in the US and then my sister is, my other sister is in London and my mom is currently in London. So she's sort of like locked down mm. in London because she flew there, I think around June of last, no, she flew there around March of last year. Wow. And height. she still is in London until now because of mm. the corona. she and got locked course, there. Okay, wow. Yes, and also because she's one of the risk group because my mom is already old, she's like 65. Mm-hmm. So quite vulnerable case, right? So she, she couldn't, we prefer her not to fly out even. So she's still there. So the need to go to, their, to them there in London to celebrate the Christmas and New Year despite that they're in lockdown because that's fine. I'm going to be locked down with my family. Right. It's so fun. So I was supposed to fly out December 22. December 21 of 4 p.m., the Swedish government released travel restrictions to London because of the of new the strain of strain. corona. Oh, my God. Oh, my it's goodness. Like, okay, what are the odds? <laughs> I was prepared. I have my tickets. I was back. I have gifts for everyone. Mm-hmm. And all. So, of course, it, it's sad because I was looking forward to seeing them after a year because I've seen them as during Christmas and New Year of the, the year prior. And I had to call them and say I couldn't fly out because of these numerous travel restrictions and all. In a way, I prefer to look in the bright side because my partner, my boyfriend, mm-hmm. actually supposed to Spain last December 13. And in order for him to actually fly out or be able to access to Spain, he needs to show a negative PCR test result. Mm-hmm. So he needs to have a test result within 72 hours. So the day before he was supposed to fly out, he got a positive test result. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he had no choice but to stay also here in Stockholm. So not to worry, 
while we live together uh, about corona his result was positive my my result was negative was negative i don't know how i don't know how it happened but it's weird maybe it was a but false positive maybe because mm-hmm. they they say you, you just really don't know how it happened anyway right. so but he has no symptoms so he's asymptomatic so on the bright side having said that it's our first Christmas together. So oh. maybe it's meant to be that I'm, I'm not supposed to go and spend with the family, but actually have my very first holiday with my partner and celebrate it with our family here, our mm-hmm. friends that we choose to be to make our family. And it was, it was nice celebrating, I'd say, Christmas with different cultures. So we went to a Christmas Eve dinner with some of our good friends here. So it's a, it's a combination of the Italian, Hungarian, um, Irish, British, and then Greek. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was the only Asian, so Filipino mm-hmm. there, and then, and then my partner is Spanish. So it was quite interesting because there are commonalities in the way you celebrate Christmas. So we discuss about traditions, and what do you normally do? Christmas Eve, blah, blah, blah. It's like New Year. And fortunate that I guess here in Sweden, we're not in lockdown. So before New Year, we went to ski, um, to a ski mm-hmm. resort. So we went skiing with some with some of the Filipino friends that I have here, it's really is the Christmas spirit and the holiday spirit that was present regardless of whom you spend it with. Obviously, it's very different when you spend it with your family. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of um, celebration and the idea of giving and the idea of happiness is, is not really ruined in that sense. In, in fact, um, like I said, it's nice that I have had the experience of celebrating it with my part for the very first time. Again, it all worked out. Exactly. Worked out. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Angaling, angaling, angaling. And um, also, in the times that we have right now, I think you you took the the smart and helpful route of looking at the positive side of things, right? Exactly. I'm I'm the kind of person who always prefer to look into the positive side of things. I recognize what are the downside of things, but I don't dwell on them for too long acknowledge and recognize and then move on okay so all right so you talked about how you were with different nationalities during christmas or, and over the holidays mm. right um so is there a big difference in terms of how fair celebrated or how new year celebrated there is there is i they're also surprised number one when i say that when we own i don't know at least in my family or i'd like to believe majority of the families in the philippines the moment you eat christmas eve dinner and your eve dinner is when the clock strikes 12. yes right? noche buena right exactly for them they're so surprised at nagugulat sila what you start to eat at 12 midnight <laughs> Aren't you super hungry? That's the point. You're That's super the point. Hungry, yes. <laughs> and then you eat all of what's on the table. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you introduce them to that. No, of course they don't want to wait until twelve. We eaten <laughs> around seven. <laughs> so we wait until twelve midnight for us to eat. <laughs> so that's a that's a first difference. Second, um. I think there's some um, idea of 12 fruits, circular fruits that right. um, we have to put fruits. on the table during mm-hmm. New Year. Though Spain has a similar, of course, you probably have gotten it from the. Mm-hmm. Spain has yeah. 12 grapes, naman. Okay. So I think it's understandable because probably we have a variety of fruits in the Philippines and Europe. So mm-hmm. we can definitely have 12 different round fruits for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe Lito may scarcity. and then um, I, I also say that we also I'm not sure with other families because my family would my mom would always put coins in every corner of the house and okay. then the following day, you collect all of these coins. Mm-hmm. And then that would be your savings. And <laughs> you put in your piggy bank. That was when we were a child. I'm not sure other families does that. Um, as did I share to them during New Year's. We, we open all of the lights in the house during New Year. And then they don't 
don't they don't understand why and i said because to give light to the every dark spaces of the home and to say that to welcome the new year that's the point mm-hmm. We even open the doors, I say. But I, obviously, we can't open the doors here because it's cold. So, right. <laughs> we also make noises in every corner of the house in my family. I'm not sure if you guys do it as well. Like, every corner, you need to Oh, okay. You know? No, no yeah. I've never heard of that. We do like the, the, loud, the loud music or the loud noises. But uh, uh-huh. that's interesting. Edito, hindi. Mm-hmm. Dito hindi sila walang well I guess this year walang paputok din dito because of the corona right. so they, I think they can that so here I think bawal masyadong maingay din sa gabi. Syempre, very important nga sa kanila yung personal space so they of course you wouldn't want your noise to be transferring to a different flat, right? You've been there for almost three years. So is is the sadness yes. is the lungkot factor in being away still there for you? Or have you embraced this community completely that you now call home? Um, oddly enough, I've never experienced that. The sadness or lungkot factor or the homesickness. Everyone was asking me that. I, and I told them, uh, I actually don't know the feeling. Because I think I'd never experienced it. Mm-hmm. That, that longingness of being in the Philippines. Because mm-hmm. I, I think home where your family is. And like I said, my family is like sort of scattered in a way. Right. <laughs> and we make sure to see each other anyway during holidays. So I never experience sadness or maybe just don't entertain the idea at all. Right. Even if it's like madilim or um, malame, mm-hmm. actually I like it because I'm not going to be That's a good point. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's more about how you, your outlook on life, right? Exactly. For It really depends on your mindset and your outlook. So if your mindset is to just always look into the bright side of things or, or how to bounce back or how to get up from, you know, from whatever challenges, I guess you, you will also behave accordingly and, and I guess you wouldn't be entertaining any negative thoughts. I... I don't know. I think Filipinos in general are really more optimistic. In I agree. Nature. I agree. Yeah. The the result, the the whole resilience. Yeah. Uh, okay. So one more question. I guess again, going on with the theme of reviewing the past and how we are today and looking to the future. If you look back, would there have been things that you would do differently if you knew what you knew now? Hmm. Good question. And I would definitely answer no. So there are definitely things that I wouldn't do differently, even if I knew some of the things ahead of it, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know it can sound very cliche, but those experiences has made me who I am now. If I've done it differently, I don't know where I would be now. Like, obviously, you alter your past, you alter the future. (laughs) (laughs) 4.0 question. I 4.0 answer. (laughs) 4.0 answer. So anyway, just yeah. before we wrap up, we'd like to ask you for you know a few tips. As an established mm. marketing professional working far away from the motherland, what advice can you offer to the new generation trying to make it in the industry? Especially now, you think about how students are going to be graduating. Ngayon, yung mga fourth year ngayon, it's their last year. Tapos online learning pa. And it's going to be definitely a tight competition when they graduate. So share us, you know, just some tips. Tough because I've never been in their shoes. But I could definitely tell them two things that would make them stand out out of competition, you know. First is it's very important that you have vibrant personality to showcase to the people that you will work with. A good personality, I mean. I mean mm-hmm. When I say personality, what I mean to say is like, good one, you know, like, Someone can be easy to get along with or people enjoy being with you or you always add value. So that's kind of personality. So that's, that's first, first personality. Um, the second it, for me is about the show the willingness to learn. Mm-hmm. So especially for those fresh graduates, do not expect that when you get hired that you're expecting to know already things. 
The point that they hired you is because they see the potential that you can learn faster than anyone else. It's the potential. As long as you show potential, you will be fine. Don't rush yourself. Don't pressure yourself to learn or to know things that you don't know at the moment because you will learn these things as you get along your career, mm-hmm. as you move up or as you move sideways or whatever. Take the moment, learn from the experience, learn from your managers. Because a lot of youth, I would say, that they underestimate their managers and they would always feel, oh, my manager is not so good. But your managers wouldn't be probably in that position if they don't have any strengths. Mm -hmm. Try to identify their strengths and learn from it. Because mm-hmm. that's, that's, that's the learning for those who are fresh graduates. But I want to also give an advice to those who are, are employed now, who are still thriving in, in our industry and mm-hmm. wanted to really push your career further. My advice is know where you want to be and make sure that you plan ahead. There's no better person to drive your career is yourself. Look for mentors that you can seek for advice whether within the office or outside the office. Also, compete with yourself and not with others. The moment you compare yourself with others, that's when a lot of things can fall into cracks. Mm-hmm. And just don't mind other people going ahead of you. It's, it's their time to be ahead of you. Just be patient and make sure that you're doing the things that you need to do to achieve. So that's, those are my advice to the people who are working now and want to make sure that they propel their career further. All right. That sounds like actionable and actually perfect advice. Not really on the side of theory and not really on the side of, you know, technical things that you learn from college, but more on getting along. Also honing your potential and mm. learning from definitely from your superiors or the people you will be involved with. So thank you so much, Mage, exactly. for making time for us today. And to our listeners, sana nag-enjoy kayo sa chikahan. Picked up something from it. We hope that even with a quick conversation, you've been able to get inspired and learn a thing or two. Seriously, uh, thank you, Mage, uh, for taking the time uh, and spending it with us uh, this afternoon. Um, we would also like to thank our partners. Uh, obviously, the Mark Pro Foundation Incorporated, Mansmith & Fielders Incorporated, the leading training and consultancy company in the Philippines offering the widest range of marketing and sales strategy and innovation courses in Asia. And of course, uh, Catapult Digital, experts in digital marketing for media to research and creatives. By the way, a quick congratulations to Catapult Digital's founder and CEO, Albert Roble Budahim, for winning the Asia Marketing Federation Award for being Asia's top netizen marketer in the digital category for 2020. Albert is actually another Mark Prof graduate. Well-deserved. All right. So that's it for this first Mark Prof Presents episode. Follow us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And subscribe on our YouTube channel for the latest updates. We'll be back before you know it. Have a splendid week ahead.